This is the Realm of Agape Christian Church. Let's look at what the prophets have to say to help us lead into the wisdom of Christmas. We left off with the heavenly privilege of true gospel pilgrims. And uh, today we want to look at a prophetic teaching of Haggai. Let's look at the book of Haggai. There are a few verses in Haggai chapter 2, verses 5 through 9. I'm going to be reading from the King James Version. We want to um, think about the key word today, or it should be a key phrase. Think about good Christian stewardship when we're reading this scripture. How are we going to extrapolate that from that scripture? Haggai 2, 5 through 9. We are preparing for the birth of Christ in these sermons. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Amen. So prophecy is bellowing out a foretelling to prepare us to receive newness of life. Light shining in darkness. What happens when the light shines in darkness? Darkness cannot comprehend it. It moves out of the way. It can become a shadow behind you. Amen. As you forge forward in the light. People don't hold lights behind them when they're walking in dark places, do they? No, (laughs) unless you're walking backwards. And I don't intend on walking backwards. Faith makes you walk forward. Go forward in Jesus' name. The Holy Ghost just gave me that picture. Amen. (laughs) Thank God. It's amazing the things he gives me, things that I didn't think about before, but he's putting them in my mouth right here and right now. So I'm thankful to God for the Holy Ghost. Father God, as we are approaching your throne of grace in this message, lead us. Continue to lead us. We need revelation from the word. The Holy Ghost is the revealer of the truth. Bless us as we hear what thus saith the Lord. May we not harden our hearts. May we move in obedience unto God in Jesus' name. Amen. Haggai 2. 5 through 9 reads as follows reading to your hearing according to the word that I covenanted with you when ye came out of Egypt so my spirit remaineth among you fear ye not for thus saith the Lord of hosts yet once it is a little while and I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land And I will shake all nations, and the desire of all nations shall come. And I will fill this house with glory, saith the Lord of hosts. I like that name of the Lord, Jehovah Sabaoth. That's who it is, the Lord of hosts, the Lord of heaven's armies. Amen. Can any spirit in this world uh, defeat our Lord? No. Who is like the Lord? No one. Amen. (laughs) So I thank God he's proclaiming that part of himself. It says here in verse eight, the silver is mine. You know, sin can claim all kinds of things. But God is saying, let me remind you, the silver is mine and the gold is mine, saith who? The Lord of hosts. You can't beat the almighty omnipotent Lord of hosts. The glory of this latter house 
shall be greater than the former, saith the Lord of hosts. That means he's going to plow the land. Amen. And in this place will I give peace, saith the Lord of hosts. Thank God. Five times we saw what the Lord of hosts in this short reading. Five being a number for grace. Grace is not a weak thing. Grace is an omnipotent thing. Grace is a transforming thing. Amen. It's a process where God makes things right. He's preparing the ground ahead of time. Plants, sees to it that the plants come up and protects them, feeds them along the way, and they sprout and they give the increase of fruit. They shall yield their what? Increase. And when you have a lot of trees producing a lot of fruit, there's a lot of seeds in these things that they are producing called fruit and more fruit comes. So God is about what? Much fruit. Let him sprout you. Sometimes we contaminate the very soil of our soul and the Holy Ghost can't sprout us. Hallelujah. Speak Holy Ghost. God wants to sprout each and every one of us. You can go where I can't go. You can speak to, to whomever God will lead you to speak, who I won't be led to speak, but you will. And God needs to sprout us all. Amen. We are not going to speak the same thing at the very same time. But we're going to speak from the same book, from the same spirit. There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism. We shall not have many faiths. My God, we're going to have one faith. If there's another gospel being preached, God said that's an accursed word. We are not out here to curse. Amen. We're going to speak from the oracles of God, the one true gospel message. Amen. We don't want, amen, anathema. We want maranatha. Amen. From revelation. Amen. Thank God. We want the true gospel to do what it came to do. Thank you, Lord. So, yes, I'm in agreement with theologians who think this way. Uh, we're reading from Haggai, which I call the 37th love letter of the book called the Bible. It reveals how God is letting us know that no matter how discouraged you feel, no matter uh, how little evidence you might see for a time in your life, God is saying uh, that he yet has power. No matter how off course uh, the plan for uh, your life that God has for you uh, appears to be. It seems off course at times. Or perhaps it may seem unlikely to be fulfilled. God says that his promise is yet true. No matter how dark your night or empty soul may feel, we must build God's work. Amen. And uh, Jesus is saying, I, the Lord of hosts, am speaking. So whatever we do in his name, the Lord of hosts, at any cost to ourselves, is all a part of building his ministry, building his temple. Amen. Doing works of faith. Amen. In other words, we are advancing his kingdom. And uh, but how do we qualify for such a task is the remaining question. So we want to look at today how to qualify as a good 
Christian steward. How to qualify as a good Christian steward. Amen. Let's look at theologians that I, amen, agree with. Um, A lot of them are gone to glory. So this one, the late Reverend Dr. G. Campbell Morgan, a British evangelist, he said, quote, Whereas the house of God today is no longer material but spiritual, the material is still a very real symbol of the spiritual. When the church of God in any place, in any locality is careless about the material place of assembly, the place of its worship and its work, it is a sign and evidence that its life is at a low ebb. Amen. Which is why we left from the Roach Motel. Amen. Which is why we left from the moldy manger. Amen. Thank God. They, they, they didn't want to do right. Amen. We had to leave from out of there. And here we are today, yet uh, recouping and regrouping and God will lead us elsewhere. I thank God for that. And I thank God how in the scripture he said, the glory of this latter house shall what be greater than the former. Let's remember that. The Holy Ghost is speaking to us. Amen. Thank God. We pull ourselves up by the bootstraps and we keep marching on, forging in faith. Amen. Hallelujah. Anyhow, onward, Christian soldiers, marching as to war. The cross of Jesus, amen, is before us, and we're moving forward. His rod and staff are going to what? Comfort us. Thank God for that. Let's continue to consider the quality requirements, though, of being a good Christian steward. Um, We need to investigate both God's role and our role as believers in this ongoing relationship. God offers us a partnership with him in his glorious and yet meek way. Strength under control. Seems like God is not there. He's whispering so low. Seems like he's not that powerful. He's whispering so lowly. But we can't equate whispering lowly with weakness. No. Do not mistake uh, his meekness for what? Weakness. Amen. Thank God. God has imperatives in his word. Mandates. Commands, if you will. Amen. That will help us to complete our commitment in him. We must attain to them. When we hear his voice, we better not harden our hearts. A hard heart makes a hard head. Amen. Thank God. And it's hard to change a hard head. My God. God says, amen. When we have that kind of hard head, we're delineating each other's role as lively stones fit jointly together. I can't, amen, uh, get my gospel groove on if you are, amen, tangling up my feet and making me trip up. Amen. My God, making me slow down. Hallelujah. We got to move forward together. Thank God. You see a brother or sister that God has commissioned for you to help pick them up, turn them around. Amen. Give them a wedgie and pick them up out of the mud. Let's move on forward in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Anyhow. Tell them to get off your blessed insurance and let's move forward in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank God. We're supposed to do things of a a high quality as managers of God's riches. 
that he has bestowed upon us from glory. Amen. Thank God. God is the owner of all things. And let's look at now God's role and a sevenfold prophetic mystery of his devotion to us as broken people, sinners, if you will. God is the owner of all things. Genesis 14, 19. The truth is that backsliders uh, bring not only misery on themselves, but trouble on others. Think about it. Here, Abram delivered Lot by the sword. Uh, later, he delivers him through intercessory prayer as Sodom and Gomorrah are to be destroyed. Quote, the most high God, processor of heaven and earth, uh, from Psalm 24, 1 is at work here. Amen. It's a future picture of the song of the diligent millennial worshipers gathered to triumphantly uh, enter Jerusalem with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, who is Jesus Christ. They are unlike the people who were crying, you know, uh, Jesus's name as though they really believed it. A lot of folks crying his name and calling him Lord. He's not necessarily their Lord because you have your heart all twisted and tangled up with Satan and his seducing spirits. And later on, your fruit is going to amen show of what sort it is. You will then begin to cry out, crucify him. My God. But the earth is the Lord's regardless and the fullness thereof, everything in it, the world and they that dwell therein, according to Psalm 50, uh, verses 1 through 12, which I don't have time to read that whole thing. This is the ongoing evaluation work. Amen. <laughs> evaluation work of the righteous judge. Who is he? Jesus. Who is no other than God? He's God working as Lord of all. You heard his name, Jehovah Sabaoth, the Lord of heaven's armies, the Lord of hosts. It kept saying the Lord of hosts. He is in charge of all of creation. He made it. Thank God. So we look at this verse of scripture as though it is a courtroom. Thank God. Uh, he indicts his people who offer sacrifices insincerely. Their worship is just empty routine and uh, hope to earn God's blessing just by showing up. And we know that's not going to happen. God said, yeah, you, you know, he's going to listen to people. I did this and that in your name. He's going to say what? Depart from me. Amen. Do we want to hear that? No. God does not need the things we give him. Think about that. As he told those uh, superstitious and idolatrous citizens of Athens, Greece, through his servant Paul in Acts 17, 24 and 25. This is a summons to approach the bench of benches, if you will, an interlude of affirmation, uh, just in case you missed it commercial, letting all know that in no uncertain terms that God is complete in and of himself. And we have no case against him. It says here in the verse that I just uh, referred to Acts 17, God that made the, uh, the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands of men, neither is uh, worshipped with man's hands as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things. But we need to give him spiritual sacrifices of thanksgiving, praise, and obedience. In Psalm 
6819. This represents a song of victory in God who is a deliverer of his believers and a destroyer of their enemies. Uh, Jerusalem used to be the city of Jabus. Uh, quote, Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation. Thank God. And in Psalm 89:11, this is a song of the mercies of God who has exclusive creatorial rights. Why? Because he's the creator of the universe. Amen. And uh, this is the Davidic covenant that reveals the eternal quality of his blessing. God having mercy on whom he will have mercy, preserving the glory of his presence, no matter what sin thinks it's doing to win. No. Quote, it says here in the scripture, the heavens are thine, the earth also is thine. As for the world and the fullness thereof, thou hast founded them. That's why Jesus had us pray like that. Uh, thine is the what? Kingdom, the power, and the glory. Amen. We have to declare that over and over because the devil seemingly indefatigably tries to corroborate and counter so against what God is saying through the Holy Ghost in the word. The devil's trying to, you know, throw us off by making us now look and, and listen to him. The voice we listen to is going to win. So he's trying to drown out God with all kind of popularity and broad road signs that make us detour out of the uh, will of God and make us go into some lowly place. All of a sudden now we're between a rock and a, and a hard place and Satan's Siri has led us to ruin. My God. And it says you've arrived and it's just one little rock and a lizard looking at us. My God. That has happened to me with Syria on occasion, my God. But look at Haggai 2.8. This scripture brings to us affirmation, exhortation, and encouragement that we need to be recipients of the riches of glory. Uh, God is saying, I am with you, says the Lord. In uh, Haggai uh, 1.13 and 2.4, he's saying, consider your ways. He always wants us to do that, right? Consider your ways. When Jesus ate with the disciples in the Last Supper, quote unquote, Last Supper, and he began to say, you know, of what sort was in the room. And um, there was guilt now being revealed. And they were asking, Lord, is it I? Lord, is it I? See, when the real Jesus comes, you're going to find yourself to be uh, counted uh, as one who is missing some things. And you are, amen, in want and weighed in the balance and found in wants. And you need a savior. Thank God. God is saying, though, you can be strong in the Lord. Look what he says in Haggai 2.8. The silver is mine. Remember that? The gold is mine, saith the Lord of hosts. Who is saying it? The Lord of hosts. He's saying it. He's over everything. He's omnipotent. No one could beat him. No. We certainly should not worship the ownership and accumulation of items that God made. This is what people today are equating as anointing, the acquisition of things, the accumulation of things, the ownership of our labels of this uh, finite world. We count some things as high quality and others not so high. This is for a rich person. A poor person can't have it which is why people made credit so you can get it. 
You can fake it until you make it, but some never make it. They get the high-quality car, and the, 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 the tire gets flat, and they can't afford the tire to put on there. So they ride around with a little donut for weeks and weeks and weeks. You're supposed to only go to the gas station to get the, t- get the tire fixed in a day or two. Amen? Not riding around for weeks, three big tires and one little donut. My God. People have gotten in prayer lines and getting Cadillacs and can't afford to fix the Cadillac. I say God doesn't bless that way. He blesses your economy in your mind and in your spirit first, and you will be satisfied for where you are at. Amen. You will not be covetous looking around, getting in debt because you're competing with somebody else. Thank God you're going to be happy with Jesus alone. Hallelujah. And God will increase you severally as he will. Maybe it's not his will for you to have much. Amen. Much is given. Much is required. Maybe God did not call you to have much required, and you better be happy with what you got. You got two pennies? Use them. Three pennies? Use them. Thank God if God says, give them, give them. Same God gave you the three pennies, he can give you more. You got one little amen bag of meal left, and God's real prophet comes and says, make me some bread. You better use it, amen, because then you'll have as much as you need, more than you need, because God is Jehovah Yiddi, the God of what? More than enough. Thank God, amen, there's testimonies in the Bible about that. People weren't stiff-necked and hard-headed. They did what the people of God told them to do, and they became blessed in town. Amen, beyond measure, beyond what they could fathom or think. We need that kind of faith in the earth. But we have too many sham artists out here. And these studies we are doing leading into the new year are going to lead to, amen, teachings about coverings. The devil had coverings. But we got to go through the vicissitudes of these prophets uh, for four weeks and until we get to the new year. Amen. There's going to be a, a fifth sermon. And then God's going to, amen, reveal the, uh, the new teaching for that. Amen. But amen. As owner of all things, God is three things. The giver uh, or source. He's the one whom uh, count is given and he's the rewarder. As the giver or source in James 1.17, do you know it? Every good gift and every perfect gift comes uh, or is from above and cometh down from who? The father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Amen. And uh, the owner of all things is God. Number two, the one to whom account is given. Romans 14, 11 and 12. For it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall what bow to me and every tongue shall what confess to God. So then every one of us shall give account of himself to who? To God. And three. The owner of all things, God, is the rewarder. Hebrews 11:6. But without faith, look at this, it is what? Impossible to please him. People forget that. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. We can't make up some kind of faith. Faith is a, is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. God provides you with faith, and he's seeing how you're going to use it. Because faith without works of holiness is a dead thing. Amen. So without faith, it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe first that he is, and also that, as you experience him in your life, that he is a rewarder of them that 
diligently seek him, not haphazardly, not amen, uh, uh, one day in, one day out. No, not intermittently. No, you got to do it. Amen. Because your heart is changed and that's who you are. Amen. It's what you do. It's how you roll your motus operandi. It's who you are. Thank God. Not who I'm acting like, who I am. Why do you go to church like that? It's who I am. People who put on a front, they can't keep going uh, the way we keep going. Amen. They're going to stop eventually. But we have a role as being a believer in Jesus. We're not the kind of believer like the devil is. The devil believes. That's one thing he could do. He could believe. But can he believe to the saving of his soul? No. God allows us to what? Believe to the what? Saving of our soul. Because we're lost and shaped in iniquity and in sin that our mothers conceive us. That's not fair because the devil came and perverted the universe. Now God is giving us a gracious chance to hear his voice. And the day we hear his voice, harden not our heart. The devil already was there. Amen. He was all around the coals. And uh, he was the one in charge of covering. Think about it. We're going to get there one day. Amen. In the new year, I'm going to bring it on out as God lets me. He said, it's not time yet. Let's let the prophets retell. Let's uh, remediate. Amen. Go into the new year. And the souls who were first around the throne, uh, I'm calling the cross, the throne of God. Amen. When he rose, were women. Amen. Ending the year with women having a service. Isn't God good like that? (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. God said the women aren't counted out. Amen. He doesn't. Amen. He's no respecter of genitalia. Thank God. But he's a respecter of, amen, the quality of your soul. All souls are mine. He didn't say all male gonads are mine. He said all what? Souls are mine. That's for you, Tamar. Have that. Amen. Hallelujah. I help the women when I can. Bless this name. Hallelujah. But look at our role as believers. The believer is a steward, a manager, as seen in Matthew 25, 14 through 30. Can't read all that, but uh, this offers the main idea that uh, a personal preparation and faithful service to the master. It's not an option, is it? It's a mandate. God commanded for these things. Look at the talents noted in this parable. Uh, They represent monetary values that are distributed according to ability. In verse 15, uh, we see that. The three servants noted in this scripture are typical of three types of stewards of any time who are ever entrusted uh, various tasks uh, in accordance to their own ability. That's why you can't be covetous of someone else. You're going to hurt yourself. Amen. (laughs) My God, my God. Uh, We think uh, not all are expected to produce the same results, but all are to be faithful with what they have had entrusted to them. In uh, one sermon I preached, Occupy Until Jesus Comes, uh, the parable of the pounds in Luke 19, 11 through 27, uh, was expounded. In that scripture, the activity of professing believers during the church age is in view. You see, each servant was given a pound 
speaking of equal opportunity, there's like equity there. Amen. Whereas in the parable of the talents in Matthew 25, uh, each was given according to his ability. You see, uh, we will have no excuse at uh, the judgment seat of Christ when all believers will stand before the Lord Jesus that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad, according to Romans 14.10 and 2 Corinthians 5.10. God said, out of the mouth of two or three, let every word be established. God always has at least two or three or more uh, scriptures to represent what is stated. Amen. So the Bible is proving itself throughout. Thank God. And as a steward... The believer uh, is uh, a receiver, uh, accountable and responsible to the owner, and the one rewarded for faithfulness right quick as a receiver, 1 Corinthians 4, 7 in the NLT. What makes you better than anyone else? What do you have that God hasn't given you? And if all you have is from God, why boast as though you have accomplished something on your own? That's a shout out to all the big fat heads out there who think they made it on their own. I got all this stuff. Look how anointed I am. You better be careful. You better read what happened to Herod when he didn't give God the glory. And a lot of people saying they're giving God the glory, but they're not really giving God the glory. The same as when somebody is saying, Lord, 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 and he is not there, Lord, Lord, Lord. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> As a steward, the believer is the receiver, right? We did that. Now, number two, accountable and responsible to the owner. In rephrasing uh, Romans 14, 12, using the NLT, let it be said plainly and emphatically, verse 12. Yes, each of us will have to give a personal account to God of what sort we are. Are we hay? Are we stubble? Amen. Are we sticks? Are we gold? Amen. Thank God. Of what sort are we? You remember, Pastor Lisa, amen, when we were, used to meet at the hotel, she had that sermon about the three pigs, and all of them had a little work to do. You know, the pig that used the bricks, that was the one that was the most successful. And she asked the question, which pig are you? And the kids laugh about that. They, You're calling us pigs? Ma? You know? <laughs> but we're looking at the works that you are doing as unto the Lord. Amen. What quality? See, God is always looking at what? Quality. We're looking for uh, how to qualify as a what? Good Christian steward. So as steward, the believer is, number three, the one rewarded for faithfulness in Matthew 25, 21 and 23. King James says, his Lord said unto him, well done, thy what? Thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into what? The joy of thy Lord. I thank God for Haggai 2. The Holy Ghost is trying to show us three imperatives that are present in this chapter. Uh, they serve to challenge the development of good Christian stewardship. Do you have it as we are about to close after this? Three imperatives that are present in Haggai 2 to serve as a challenge 
for us to develop good Christian stewardship are these, that we be strong, that we be clean, and that we be encouraged. Amen. Can't sit around sulking all day. We got to be encouraged. But look at be strong in verses 1 through 9 of Haggai 2. The times were hard. You got to look at the history behind the scripture. The times were hard. The people were poor. And the leaders were discouraged. Was there ever any easy building program that existed? You think about it, even in our modern day. The restored temple would be nothing like the temple of Solomon. And the people were wondering, is it really worth it all? Don't we ask ourselves that as God is calling us, even though we may be a later in age? My fellow Abrams and Sarahs out there, amen. Thank God. Can God anoint us to become Abraham and Sarah, amen, instead of Sarai all our life, instead of Abram all our life? We got to become Abraham, amen. That means the ham, that's the Holy Ghost. Instead of Sarai, Sarah. That ha part, that's the, uh, ex, that's the exhaling. That's God breathing into you, what? The breath of life, amen. And you are, amen, being energized by the Holy Ghost to perform acts of faith from God. God is breathing life into you. Can he breathe new life to help you to become strong? Amen. Then we'll stop these uh, so-called worship services where we're just really singing the blues. Is it worth it all? See, they did not realize something. They didn't realize that the Lord of glory himself would minister in this temple. They forgot. They think they're the ones that who, who, you know, who are going to minister in it. No, the Lord himself wants to minister. Do we let the Lord do what he came to do, though? Do we get out of the way in the liturgy? We got to do this. We got to do that. Turn to this page. Turn to that page. Stand up. Sit down. Do this. Do that. Talk to your neighbor. Do this. Do that. But we forgot God has a job. We need to beware that uh, golden memories do not rob you of present opportunities. Let the newness of God's fresh anointing for today move you forward. We could look at yesteryear all we want, but what have you done for God uh, lately? Amen. Be strong by looking forward into what God can move you into. And if he's moving you into it, he's going to be like the last verse of Ezekiel. Jehovah Shammah. God, who is what? There. That's the only place in the Bible where he says, I am the God who is there. Amen. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Amen. Thank God. He had to say that at the end of Ezekiel. Those who are reading through the Bible with me. So look at the second imperative. Not only be a strong, but uh, uh, be clean. Amen. Uh, verses 10 through 19 is the be clean part. Notice it's in the middle. Where your heart is, where your mind is, where your soul is. Amen. Be clean. The priests could not share holiness, but they could spread sin. Think about it. I can't lay hands and all of a sudden, you holy. Go ahead and be holy. Amen. But I could do sinful stuff and everybody would catch on to that. Oh, we all sinful. The sinful church. My God. Because we're born and shaped in it, right? And all we're doing is reviving it. 
the people had been defiled and God could not bless them because they uh, were hearkening to iniquity. If you hear it, the, the voice of iniquity, God cannot uh, have a worship assembly in your heart. In other words, he can't, you can't he hear God, he can't hear you because we're not together anymore. We're not plugged in, see? They had to return to the Lord. And then he promised them his blessing. You got to be clean. People don't think you have to be clean anymore. You could just come as you are, be all slopped up. My God, I'm going to be slopped up and I don't need a church cop. Leave me alone. Don't judge me. But God is saying, be clean. We come in with certain garments in the spirit, but God is trying to redress us. He says in the Holy Ghost, wardrobe. And you have to take off that filthy garment. I gave him my old filthy garments. And what did he do? Gave me a robe of pure white. There goes the you can't what? Stay as ye are. People have been singing it all the while. They're just going by the beat, though. They're not listening to what the Holy Ghost is saying. You're not going to stay as ye are. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Now, we move from be strong. God's going to help us do that. But he's seeing something in us. He's saying, be clean. And then when he helps us to be strong and clean, he can now entrust that we're going to be encouraged. Amen. To move forward. Verses 20 through 23. Have a conscience that is grounded in the true will of God for your life. That is an integral part of his kingdom by way of your local church. This is what God is saying in there. So God is using the local church to help us see the whole gamut of who God is. Uh, this was addressed to their governor who is a type of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, in the latter days God will overthrow the Gentile powers and restore David's line to which Zerubbabel belonged uh, in Matthew 1.12. Uh, we know it's not by might, it's not by power, but, but God's spirit, says the Lord. That's what God had to tell Zerubbabel. Amen. Uh, perhaps the governor thought his work was uh, unimportant because the temple was, was, was so ordinary, you know, so quaint. When people come in your house and say, oh, so quaint, they're not giving you a compliment. Amen. <laughs> he thought it was quaint. He, uh, uh, maybe he also because the nation was so small and weak. And, uh, but he was part of the plan that would lead one day to the coming of the Messiah. Isn't that like God using the obscure, minuscule, overlooked one? Amen. Your part in God's kingdom today is not insignificant or unimportant. No matter how it appears to you, be encouraged and keep working. Amen. Remember the two latest hot songs by our songbird. The Holy Ghost gave her good songs. Be encouraged and keep working for I am sent to you. Amen. It doesn't matter. Amen. What people are saying or even how you might be thinking lowly of yourself. I am sent to you. Amen. Thank God, and you're going to have a testimony. It wasn't you that did it. If it had not been for the Lord on my side, where would I be? Who kept you? God kept me. You better testify that I am sent me, and he's the one that kept me. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I give my wife a shameless plug. Amen. 
on mostly all music platforms. Look for God Kept Me by Lisa Norris Jackson. Amen. Get it downloaded. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. As we come to our conclusion, see the Lord let me do that and, and then go to my conclusion. God loves you a lot, girl. Now, who is God? He's the giver of life. He gives each and every one of us a designed measure of faith. Don't look at my measure of faith and covet it. I'm not going to look at your measure of faith and covet yours. No, no, no. We're not a covetous church. We can't do that. Oh, I like how you, what you did to that lively stone. Gosh, God, why you didn't do to me like you did to that other lively stone way over there? Gosh. We need to be happy for who we are in God. Amen. I am is sending you, not your brother, in place of you. Amen. <laughs> when he sent Gideon, Gideon went. He didn't say, I want to send my other brother. No. I'm sending you. Amen. Thank God. You look in American history. There was one dude, one pilgrim dude. He was uh, enamored by this girl. Amen. He, he was too shy. He wanted the other guy to go and, and speak words for him. But she fell in love with the messenger. Amen. I'm not sending a messenger in my place. No. <laughs> if I wanted to say something to Lisa, I'm going to step to her. Amen. And talk the talk God gave me to tell her. Amen. And here we are today. Amen. Still married. 32 years. Amen. Because I didn't let somebody speak for me. I said, I am sent me. Hallelujah, anyhow. And she was wondering from whence I came. I said, God kept me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, anyhow. That's why I like them two songs. I've been through a lot of hell and high water. I know God kept me. I ain't going to talk about all the vicissitudes of that because I'll be up here crying. I know he kept me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. I bless you, Lord God. Hey, God is expecting quality. God helped me to be a good Christian steward. You kept me for that reason. I thank you. Oh, hallelujah. Bless you, bless you. Bless you, bless you. Oh, bless you. Keep us committed to you, Lord. Help us to pass the test, Lord. Be a good steward in your name, Lord. Oh, be positively led by the Holy Ghost. And we're going to let God's grace cause a new beginning in our life so we can have good success in personal and church stewardship. That's the Christian's purpose. That's how God purposed us. Let's move forward in Jesus' name. And the church said, Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless him, bless him all over the room. Oh, hallelujah. Bless you, bless you. We of the realm of Agape Christian Church pray that the Holy Word of God has richly blessed your soul. To send prayer requests, use the contacts page of our website, www.roagape.org. We need your continued prayers and financial support to maintain this ministry. You can also find a secure means of donating on our website. God bless you.